Hello to the most wonderful people in the world. God's people. You. Most beloved people of God. Hallelujah. Well, thank you for joining me today. We are going to have a beautiful time together. Really, it's a heart-to-heart talk I want to have with you to just lift your faith. And I want to tell you what the Bible says about killing the giant of debt. Because debt is a giant. And we need to become giant killers of debt. So God can bless us and our future. Hallelujah. You know the Lord loves you and I so much. He wants us to have the best. He has given us all things, all things to enjoy. So get ready. I believe God is going to speak to you about his blessed plans for your life when it comes to your financial plans so you can prosper and increase on every side. Wonderful Lord, we come today in the name of Jesus. Speak to your people, Lord, through your holy word today. Bless them, empower them, prosper them in the name of Jesus. And God's people said, Amen. You know, sometimes on Friday, I just enjoy talking to you like this. Today, I want to really minister this word to you. The Bible says that God will do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or even think. And in Romans 13, verse 8, it says, We are to owe no man anything. In other words, no debt. Now, Psalm 34, one of my favorites. And in verse 10, the Bible declares, and you know, the Lord showed that to me years ago. When you have Jesus, you have everything, I'm telling you. So in Psalm 34, uh, 34 verse 10, it says, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger. Even the strong lions, you know, they lack and suffer hunger. But they that seek the Lord shall not want or lack any good thing. That's God's promise, that we will lack nothing in life. And then in Psalm 115, I'd like you to write this down and to remember it, because this is a promise God gave me years ago, back in the 80s, and I've seen this happen in my life. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. I want you to lift your hands and just say, the Lord will increase me more and more and my children. Just speak it out. The Lord will increase me more and more and my children. That word increase means give you increase. So the Lord will give you increase more and more, you and your children. And we all know Deuteronomy 28, but I think it's good to see it one more time because this is God's promise to us. You see, when, when we know God's promises, there's faith. You know, we can hear testimonials here and there, but the word and only the word builds faith. I can tell you what God has done for me, wonderful. But what the word says is more important. In verse 12 and 13 of Deuteronomy 28, the Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain unto thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thine hand, and thou shalt and thou shalt lend 
unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. Here's the promise. You will lend and never borrow. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. And thou shalt be above only. And thou shalt not be beneath. If that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I commanded this day to observe and to do. Now, what is the commandment? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that is what God wants from you and I is to have faith in him through his son, Jesus. We don't have to go back and, and obey every rule of the old covenant, over 300 of them. But what we have to do is simply trust the Lord. I have not seen the righteous forsaken or the seed begging for bread. If we trust the Lord, we'll lack, we will lack nothing, nothing. So great peace have they that love thy law. Nothing, nothing will affect them. Nothing will offend them. Nothing will harm them when we trust the Lord and his word, his word. So now I'm sure most of you know by now anyways, that God has a tremendous plan for your finances. If God does not have a plan for our finances, then a major part of our life cannot be under his control because 90% of our time is spent with, you know, buying food, paying our bills, money for the house, money for this and that. Think about how much time you spend to make sure that you have money to pay your bills. You go to work, you work so hard, you do things for your family. Think about that. People, all they do day and night is make sure they have enough money to pay their bills and take care of their homes and families. 90% they say of our time is spent in one way or another connected to money or how to bring money in so we can live. So the Bible tells us to trust the Lord. And if God doesn't have a plan for our finances, frankly, uh, then our whole life is out of joint, you know. Now, the Bible tells us in Romans 12 something very important. And this is, I think, how it really all begins, that God begins to bless us. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So, notice that spiritual worship here includes the physical world, our bodies. So it says, give your body to the Lord as a living sacrifice. And then he says, once you do that, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed as you renew your mind through the word that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So, once we do God's will that is revealed to us, we, we find it is good. Good means no evil in God's plan and will for our lives. Acceptable means the more we perceive it, the more we embrace it. And perfect or complete is the Greek word, covers all areas of life, including finances. So when the word is in our life, 
we, we will know God's perfect plan and will even for our finances because our finances uh, represent what? Our time, our strength, our talents, and our inheritance. And the Bible tells us in 3 John, I wish above all things you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Meaning that failure and defeat and frustration and poverty, lack and so on, are not the will of God for our life. Otherwise, you wouldn't say, I wish above all things you prosper and be in health as your soul. So, no failure, no defeat, no frustration, no poverty, nothing. Because God's will for us is perfect. Now, in Matthew 6, 24, we have a secret. And I think this is where people kind of misunderstand this whole subject of prosperity. And they made a big mess in some cases. No man can serve two masters, Matthew 6, 24. No man can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one, despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Now, mammon is not money. This is very important. Mammon is not money. It's the evil power that grips individuals, enslaving them through the medium of money. I'm going to say it again. Mammon is not money. Mammon is that evil power that grips individuals, enslaving them through the medium of money. So money is neither good or evil, it's how you use it. And then your attitude towards money really reveals your attitude towards God. Our attitude, the way we look at money, our attitude towards it, reveals our attitude towards God. Uh, because the Bible says very clearly that if we put God first and not money, it reveals our hearts. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added to you. So when you love the Lord, his word, his gospel, then God will bless you. But if you love money, it's not gonna happen. And so it says, when we put God first, when we honor him, in other words, in Proverbs, it says, honor the Lord, honor the Lord. It's all about honoring. So we honor the Lord with our substance. Proverbs 3, verse 9. Honor the Lord with your substance. You put him first, like, like the Lord said, seek ye first the kingdom. And with the first fruits of all your increase, you honor him with your tithe, your offering and your tithe. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Why am I talking to you about this? Because I want to remind you of the promises of God, and God wants to truly bless you, so you won't have to even worry about it. The Bible is clear. If we honor him, he will bless us. If we put his kingdom first, he will bless us and add these things will be added surplus unto you. Now, in Colossians chapter 3, Paul points to a problem 
why people cannot prosper. They cannot prosper because of greed. It says, mortify therefore your members, which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, and so on. And what? Covetousness, idolatry, greed, people coveting for money. So we have to understand, when we come, when we come to the Lord with our offering or tithe, it's an act of worship. God asked Israel to come three times a year before him. And he said, none, none will, before, will come before me, I should say empty. None will come before me empty, meaning worship with your offering. So because worship without the offering lacks, the offering makes worship complete. That's what the Bible says. In Psalm 96, no, 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 it's not about money. You know, if, if anybody is thinking it's about money, you're, you're mistaken. It's about the heart. It's about the heart. You know, when Christmas time comes, we buy gifts for people we love. When there's someone that has a birthday, we buy them something to celebrate their life because we love them. It's not about money. It's about when you love, you give. Love is something you do. The offering is something you do out of love for the Lord. Nothing to do with money. I'm not buying a blessing. Anyone who thinks we can buy God's blessings is mistaken. And this is where I kind of had to make my stand a few months ago. Because I felt some people were teaching or implying that you can buy God's promises or buy his blessings. You can't. It's not for sale. So when they say to you, well, if you give so much, you'll get so much, that's really trying to buy God's blessings. But when you love the Lord and you give to the Lord out of love, no different than when it's someone's birthday, because you love them, you want to bless them, you want to show your love by an act of buying them a gift. It's the same with God. Because we adore him and love him, we want to honor him. So it says, honor the Lord with your substance, with your money. And the first fruit of your increase, your time, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty. Your precious will burst out with new wine because he will bless you. You'll never, you'll never outgive God. Come on, you know that, please. We will never outgive God. I'm talking to someone who needs to hear this. So in Psalm 96, verse 8, it says, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. How? Bring an offering and come into his courts. People say, oh Lord, I give you the glory, but they'll never give him, his, they'll never give him their offering. Which well, says here, give unto the Lord the glory, do unto his name, bring an offering and come into his courts. Then it says, worship the Lord. Right in the same breath. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Remember, when the Bible was written, there were no verses and chapters. It was all one book, one letter. So from give the Lord the glory due to his name, bring an offering, and then worship the Lord. So worship makes my, uh, my offering complete, and my offering makes my worship complete. And we must put God's first. You know, Jacob knew the part of the tithe. And he said to the Lord in Genesis 28, he said, now, if you'll take care of me, 
and I get there safe to my uncle and you bring me back, I'll give you 10% and I'll build you a house. And, and God basically said, no, I'm gonna build you a house. And God did build him a house. The whole, the whole nation of Israel was the house, okay? But he made that covenant with God knowing the power of putting God first, honoring the Lord. And so it says very clearly that God remembered his vow. In Genesis 32, God remembered his vow. And in verse 9, this is so powerful. When we honor God, he remembers it. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham. I'm reading verse 9 and verse 10. The God of my father Isaac, the Lord which said to me, Return unto thy country and to thy kindred, and I will deal well, and I'll deal well with you. I'm not worthy of the least of the mercies, of all the mercies, of all the truth which you have showed to your servant. With my staff I passed over this Jordan, and now I'm become two bands. He said, Lord, when I came, I only had a, a piece of wood. Now I'm coming back with two bands or two companies. God had blessed him in such a way because he made God the promise and he kept it. And when the Lord came back, he said, I'm the God of Bethel where you made the vow. Go back now home. Before I married Suzanne, her dear dad, Roy Harden, asked me, he said, he said, are you a giver? Do you give to the Lord? I said, yes. He said, well, I want to know how much. I was not very happy with that question, but finally I told him. And I was in debt in those days. I was 25 years old. I went on TV prematurely in Canada, got in debt in no time. And Roy was trying to figure out, why is this young man in debt when God has blessed him with crowds, you know? And finally, when I gave him the answer of how much I gave him, well, sometimes I give this, I sometimes give that, so up, down, up, down, up, down. He says, you know, he said, I've been sitting here wrecking my head, wondering why a young man like you is in debt. Now I know why. I said, please tell me. He said, you are an emotional giver. He said, God will never bless you till you obey his law. He said, the, the law of giving is a fixed law. You cannot change it. And then he gave me this scripture from Leviticus 27, verse 30. He said, the Bible says, if you're not a giver, God will penalize you 20%. I said, show it to me. And he, and he did. Leviticus 27, verse, verse 30 and on. All the tithe of the land, whether of the seed or the fruit, is the Lord's. It's holy unto the Lord. If any man will redeem it or keep it back, he will add thereto the fifth, 20%. He said, if you don't give God your offering and your tithe, you will lose it with something else. You're going to lose it somehow still. And you're going to lose a lot. He said, start obeying God and watch what God will do with you. And I did. It was a difficult time in my life because I did not know the Bible like I do today. And, and the Lord knowing, recognizing we would be tempted to keep some of that money back, built a penalty into it to, to discourage us. So let's not take this lightly. And when we give to the Lord our tithe, Jesus himself receives it. It says so in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 4 through verse 8. 
if you want God to bless you, listen to me. I'm being really open with you. I'm being honest, okay? Being your brother. We're having a heart to heart talk about this. You have to tithe 10% of all your income. It doesn't matter what it is. Give it to God. Dr. Yangi Cho, years ago in Korea, was teaching on the tithe. His people were poor. So they brought 10% of their vegetables because most of them were farmers and fruit. And famine hit Korea. The only people that were not affected were those who had been tithing the fruits and vegetables. And then they began selling the fruits and vegetables and became very blessed and wealthy. And God blessed them. And today it's the largest church in the world in Seoul, Korea, because they understood the principles. I was in Indonesia at a massive church of 40,000 seats. And the pastor told me how God has blessed his people. And I said, well, how did you do it? He said, well, he said, we require that every member attends a class for two years where we teach them the principles of tithing and giving. Because when they took the offering, I was amazed. No one said a word. They just sang a song and passed the offering buckets. So I said to the pastor later, I said, well, why don't you encourage people to give? He said, no, we don't have to. He said, our people are givers because we put them in a two-year class where they know what the Bible teaches. He said, most of our people are very, very wealthy people. I was amazed. You see the same in Nigeria and many parts of Africa because they really are givers in those parts of the world. And then, not only are we to give, but we are also, or our, our tithe, but also our offering. But the tithe, the Lord receives it himself. It says in verse 4 through 8, that how the Lord himself receives it. It says in, in, in verse 8, And here men that die receive tithe, meaning the Kohanims or the priests, but there he receives them of whom it is witnessed that he lives. That he lives. So, God Almighty really wants to bless us. That's why we are told to grow in the grace, not the law, the grace of giving in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 7. And the grace of giving is born out of faith. People of faith are givers, I'm telling you. Yes, and the tithe belongs, listen to me now, to the ministry that is feeding you. It doesn't belong to a building. It belongs to the ministry that's taking care of you, feeds you the word. Whether it's our ministry or somewhere else, make sure you're a tither and make sure you give your offering also. Like I heard years ago from my own father-in-law, the tithe opens the heavens and the offering fills the pockets. How true. We have to also give the offering. Even though we may be living under an open heaven, we still have to give the offering to receive. So grace produces giving and grace produces a heavenly account. So Paul said we're to grow in grace, in giving, 2 Corinthians 8, 7. Grow in the grace of giving. Now, Jesus made it very clear before I close, I'm going to pray with you that God will, will begin to bless you and you will see incredible blessings on your life, your business, your children, your future. It says, 
Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth or rust doth, doth, doth corrupt, where thieves don't break through and steal. So, our provision on earth, our treasure in heaven. As we sow, we will see the blessings. Father, let's just agree. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray with your people who need to be blessed financially. Lord, deliver them from the worry of tomorrow. Bless them greatly and prosper them. Your word declares, if we honor you, we will receive plenty. Your word says, honor the Lord with your substance, the first fruits of your increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty. Thy presses will burst out with new wine. Your word also declares, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all the things you need will be added unto you. Now, Lord, that's your word and your promise. As your people put you first in their giving and as they worship you and make their worship complete as they give, bless them as you've promised. For you said, our barns will be filled with plenty. Our presses will burst out with new wine. You said, much will be added unto us. Thank you, Lord, for your promise. We give you the praise. Amen and amen. All right, it's time to give. You can go ahead and give right now on the platform you're watching me on, where it says donate, or go to our website, benin.org, or simply text BHM45777. And watch what God will do with you as you obey Him today. You're going to see miracle after miracle after miracle. Amen. Much blessings. Prosper in Jesus' name. I'll see you on Monday for a powerful week next week. Much love. Bye-bye.